Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. Um, man, it's been a long time since I've done one like this where I just have myself and someone else on the line. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. I would like to introduce to you my co-host today. Uh, she's someone I've met through the Dental Hacks Nation. Uh, she's hilarious. She's very funny. She, she's got lots to say. Her name is Dr. Alex Salen. Alex, welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So Alex, I find what you write to be hilarious. Um, you have a great sense of humor and you are, I think one of the cool things is you're you're a younger dentist who's willing to share it with a lot of us. A lot of times um, the younger, maybe your generation is a little less less willing to kind of lay it out there and I like that about you. So um, would your friend say that about you, that you're willing to lay it out there? Um, Probably. Yeah. 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 So Alex, tell me a little bit about yourself. You are a relatively new dentist. When did you graduate from dental school? I graduated from Midwestern University in Illinois, and that was in May of 2017. So. Oh, cool. Okay, so you are you're quite new. So Midwestern in Illinois. Tell me, this is interesting though. So, what are the, what's the one in Arizona called? Is that also that's not Midwestern, is it? Oh yeah, it is. It's just Midwestern Arizona. Okay, so I I I I don't understand these things. I'm an old person. Are they are they associated? Are they the same university? Or are they different? Um, they're, from my understanding, they're basically the same university. The Arizona campus is the older one. Uh huh. And then they more recently opened the Illinois one with, uh, first graduating class being in 2015. Oh, okay. So it really is. It's like brand spanking new. Okay. So the first graduating class was 2015, which means they started what in 2011 with freshmen. And so you would have started in what, 20. 2013 okay so it's like wow that's crazy you were in a brand new dental school that's nuts i mean like i t- i mean okay so i graduated from the university of minnesota um the the dental school is in a building called moose tower and it is literally um i've come to realize after listening to some podcasts that the the style of moose tower is called brutalist and it is literally it's this tall square building it's like the 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 height of cool in the 70s with with these buildings meal you know, now it looks like it looks like uh, something from the third world and and the building was all 70s or older maybe even 60s or older so like the the dental school was probably not designed all that well as a dental school i wonder so you're like in a brand new dental school was it was it awesome to be was everything had to been awesome and brand new and like lovely oh, like yeah. equipment wise and everything yeah i was spoiled equipment wise for sure that's cool actually there's nothing wrong with that is is midwestern was it kind of completely separate or was it in with other um you know schools i guess i'm i'm so unfamiliar i'm just curious about this oh well it's new so that's fine um but yeah it's there's no undergraduates it's uh healthcare only only okay I sort of remember hearing about that. I sort of remember this. That's sort of the goal is sort of. Oh, that's interesting. And I know it's private, and I'm, I understand there's some controversy around this. I could care less about that actually, because um, I know. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people. Like I've I've met tons of people from the Arizona campus because like a bunch of them were 
I think I've spent a lot of time in Arizona over the last few years and kind of gotten to to know some of those. Interesting. So, so where are you from originally, Alex? Um, originally, originally, I was born in Richmond, Indiana. Okay, Richmond, was- Indiana. Holy yeah. cow! Okay, so I went to Miami, Ohio, for undergrad. So, oh. so Oxford, Ohio, Richmond is like, isn't Richmond like one of the first towns over when you cross over in Indiana from, from that area? I think it is. I'm pretty sure. I'm familiar with Richmond, Indiana, anyhow. Okay. So originally from Richmond, Indiana, then, then where? Um, well, we moved when I was about a month old, so I don't really remember much about Richmond. So, so you don't, okay. So the, that connection is not so, so good. I mean, I'm kind of shocked you don't remember anything from the first month of your life, but go ahead. Um, and then we bounced around Ohio. We've come back to the Warren area sure. a couple of times. Um, and that's where I am now. Okay. But also Erie, Pennsylvania was a big one. And more recently, we were in Quincy, Illinois. Okay. Um, so you were solidly, solidly Midwest then. There's no doubt about that. It's kind of yeah. kind of I am too. I went to I, – I, I've literally lived in this Midland, Michigan where I live now pretty much my whole life, went to school in Oxford, Ohio, and then went over to Minneapolis for dental school. So I'm pretty solidly Midwestern as well. I think we're the best kind of people, solidly Midwestern people. I can say that comfortably. I agree, not that I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so you are a relatively new dentist, and you have a lot of really good perspectives, I think, on the, um, on the new dentist thing. So I'm curious about, okay, so you're in school, you're... Um, probably junior, senior, starting to look at, okay, what am I going to do for a job? Am I going to go to a residency? Am I going to go to a, am I going to, am I going to become a specialist? That sort of thing. How is that looking for a dental student now? And I I think I want you to tell me how that feels. And I'm going to see if I can contrast it with my experience, because I think it's very different now than it was before. But tell me about that. Um, Well, I'm not sure if I'm really the best person to represent you know, making future plans because I'm just really not good at it. Amen, um, sister. Welcome to my life. But go ahead. I I uh I can't decide on what I want to do for more than about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I get it. You just bounce around. There's so many options, and there's all these pros and cons to every last thing. I wanted to be an oral surgeon for a while, and then I didn't have the grades or quite frankly the personality um or then, interesting or you so you like surgery i used to now okay. it makes me sad <laughs> it makes you sad okay okay go ahead um but more recently i got really interested in prosthodontics but i figured i'd give myself a couple of years to figure out what i actually want to do because i don't really know how to dentist yet so i don't know how to decide where to invest my time and resources and all that stuff so i didn't do a gpr mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. because i just i don't know how to pick a good one and when you know what used to be a very solid career choice like conventional wisdom everyone is kind of constantly saying well why in the world would you go to dental school and take on that much debt and not even do the military. What are you thinking? Like all, all of your choices that you thought were okay. People are telling you that you're wrong. You're doomed. So I thought let's 
let's hold off on committing to a residency or something if I don't know what I'm doing. You know, that's that's that makes me sad a little bit. And I, I am certain that we are part of the problem. And by we, I mean, like the dental hacks and stuff. I think that's probably right. I think I think it's easy for it's easy for someone like me who came out with I mean, I felt like I had a lot of debt when I got out. I really didn't by comparison. And it's easy for us to talk about how rosy the picture is and how or how these millennials should have known better than getting into this kind of debt and all this stuff. And I, I, I feel like I feel like you guys take a lot of crap from us because we don't really know what it's like to be in that situation. I mean, a lot of people have this great hindsight thing saying I would have never done it because that kind of debt is crazy. But the problem is, is that they can say that knowing what the profession is like. You don't know. You don't know any like like the scariest thing I think in the whole world that no one appreciates when you're in dental school, you have no idea if you're going to like being a dentist. Like dental school does not really get there might be some people, whether they were hygienists first or they come from like a dental background who have a really good idea that, yeah, this is what they want to do. Most of us in dental school were learning about what it was like to be in dentistry, like in dental school. And dental school is not a great representation at all of what it's like to be a dentist. So realistically, you know, decisions you make that affect your life so far out are made with blinders on. I mean, don't you must feel like that, right? Oh, all the time. But the fact that you understand that means you're actually ahead of the game because there's plenty of people who don't even realize that that they don't even know what they don't know. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing. I think a lot of times there are plenty of people that talk about not liking the profession. They can't wait to get out. And it's because they made decisions not realizing what was going on. You know, it is it's such a huge the the decisions seem to be so much more dire now because of the amount of debt that's attached to everything. Um. So, so you are working, you're in a corporate situation now. Is that right? I sure am. Okay. (laughs) And I mean, I have to tell you that, that, um, we all better get more comfortable with the concept because it isn't going anywhere. Um, and I also think that when one says you're in a corporate situation, that doesn't mean anything in particular. Like there's as many corporate situations as anything. It's not like all of them are are fantastic or horrible. Like some of them are probably middle of the road. Some of them are pretty great. Some of them are terrible. Um, uh, we just interviewed a guy who we interviewed for the Bedenal hacks, uh, the guy who was a CEO of Aspen in the nineties. And I have to tell you, Aspen has a horrible name with dentists right now, but I hearing what this guy was talking about, it didn't seem like that at all. And he left in the late nineties because he didn't like where it was going. Interestingly. So, um, Corporate means a lot of things to a lot of people. But so what's what's your experience been? You get out of dental school and you went directly into a corporate thing and you feel like you're getting what you need from it. Are you are you, are you learning the right stuff or do you feel like you, where, where, are you, where are you doing great and where are you struggling? Well, uh, I've worked in two corporate situations. The first one. I reviewed my contract, and if I have nothing nice to say, I can't name them. Yeah, no, that's fair. Don't say whatever, yeah. But, yeah, so that was my first job. I lasted there about four months before, you know, I got fired. Um, But the corporate is kind of an attractive option in the sense that they can pay very well for somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience. Sure. And you're kind of 
in a sense, it's almost like you're protected a little bit and that they kind of run the business end of things. And if it's an established corporation, they're probably going to at least make sure that you yeah. don't license so that you can continue making the money. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like, and, and, and incentive wise, your choices are, your choices are like, that's in a lot of cases, that's your choices. Cause I don't think, I mean, I don't think the associateships are available like they used to be. Like I, I think the economy has made a lot of the guys that thought they'd be getting out earlier, not get out. And also a lot of, a lot of private offices are run in such a way that there's probably not enough work for an associate necessarily. I know my office, I'd love to have an associate. I can't afford to have an associate. Shoot. I can, I'm barely making it myself for crying out loud. Uh, the nice thing is I've talked to a lot of smart people, so I have not fallen into the trap of getting one when I can't really afford to have one. So has have associateships, is that something that people look at hard for, you know, if they're a senior year in dental school and they're looking, are there associateships available or are they kind of few and far between for people? Um, well, I was kind of committed to a specific area to be near my family and mm-hmm. Uh, my boyfriend is doing a residency in New York, which, of course, I can't follow without doing my own residency. Sure. So I was sort of committed to this area, and there's not a lot of dentists around that are seeking associates. Sure, but sure. All of corporations, and they were, they were there. They were. Sure, there. sure. All no, I get it. I get it. So, okay. So you're in a corporate situation. What is your, what's your, what's your day to day like and what's your schedule like? I know you were telling me you, you have to, it's a Friday morning right now and you are off this Friday, but you've got, you're working tomorrow. And that's, that's like, uh, there's a ton of dentists like, oh my God, working Saturdays. But then there's a few others that go, Saturdays are my best day. So t- tell me what's, what's it like? What's it like being in your corporate gig? You don't have, you get as specific as, or not specific as you like. No worries. So this, this corporate situation is, uh, I actually like it a lot, um, except for the fact that credentialing with insurances is taking forever. So when the other doctor is in the office, uh, he's more senior than I am, more experienced. So it's nice to have him around to ask questions when I get in a pinch. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually he takes most of the patients because I'm not contracted with a lot of insurances yet. So oh, I, interesting. Okay. Uh, my thumbs. Um, there's a, there's an app I've taken to playing called egg Inc where you just kind of tap on the screen to create more chickens and you make so much money and upgrade your egg. And it's sick. I have millions of chickens on this app because I'm just, Sitting around. Uh oh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to look at Egg Inc. Then, so it's addictive. Uh oh, that's just what I need. Well, so that's okay. So interesting. The credentialing thing is weird because I don't. I know I'm at the right age where I know so little about this stuff. So they have to basically the insurance companies credential you, and it's it's. It sounds like a lot of paperwork. Probably is that what it, what it comes down to? That's what I'm told, and I think HR is kind of supposed to be in charge of that. I don't even know what insurance companies are credentialing me with i i have no idea what's going on they just say well you can't see this patient because of their plan oh, geez, that's that's frustrating 
That's my corner. Yeah, it's it's interesting how how that works because it would be in it would be in the the incentive you'd think for the for the company would be to get your credential just as fast as you can so you can see as many patients as you can. I I know that I know that uh, for instance I we take uh, we don't take a ton of insurances in my office. Um, that's not and and I don't really understand insurance that well. What I understand is we don't participate. We can we can bill pretty much any insurance, I guess, but we don't we only participate with Delta Premier. And the funny thing about Delta Premier is that frankly, I think it's going away. I don't think it's gonna be around much longer. But I think it's been a while now since any new new dentists that come into this the situation or the practice, they're not grandfathered into Premier. So like basically they've made it so only existing docs can see certain it's a mess it's a mess it's like i do feel like there's there's a lot of control of people's lives with this insurance thing it's it's kind of it's kind of frustrating to hear this i never would have believed that so okay if you could do one procedure just like if you could like load your schedule with one procedure like all day long what's the procedure that you would choose to do over and over what's your favorite procedure and why anterior composites or crowns or veneers just anything cosmetic nice nice that's cool that's cool um i i have to say that lately i've gotten into more interior work and i don't know i don't know exactly why first off i think it's something that patients can put their brain around a little bit like you know they come in with a stained composite or a busted front tooth or something and you can fix that that's kind of lovely that's that and that's like that's like immediate gratification i kind of like that part of it too makes you feel like you're actually making somebody happy. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> so, what do you think? What do you think um, dentists of my of my generation need to know about dentists in your generation? Like, if you if you had a chance, just to explain why being a dentist in your generation is sort of a, sort of a struggle that that we don't understand. What would you tell us? I guess the big thing a lot of people have concerns about is the debt load that you take on. And I think for my generation, just my experience for most of us, if they're getting into dentistry for primarily financial reasons, if that's really, really important to them, they're going to be the kinds of people that look ahead, make a plan, know how they're going to deal with that, all that stuff, or they'll find something else. And then those of us who don't care so much and just want to do something with our lives that we enjoy and find meaningful and keeps us interested, then it doesn't really matter what the price tag is because any doing anything else is just not going to be satisfying. Um, Interesting. Interesting. I I think about that. I'm like, okay, so, Dentistry for you is is a satisfying career because you get to help people. It isn't so much about making a ton of money. You certainly, I, I think there are people who can do that. I think it's a certain mindset, and I do agree that having a plan in advance is very helpful on that. But why why dentistry over something like medicine or something like that? Like, what's what, do you feel like? There's was did medicine ever come into play for you or not really? It did actually. Um, I even went to a camp at LECOM because in Erie, Pennsylvania, they have a LECOM campus there and they had this thing for high school kids that were interested in being DOs and you got to kind of hang out with the medical students, learn a couple little things. And I really liked that. But I remember my grandma who 
was a nurse, she told me, you know, that, that's great. I'm glad you're interested in, in doing that kind of stuff. But just so you know, it, you never, how did she put it? It never gets any easier carrying a baby to the morgue. And then I thought, okay. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then I started thinking, um, what is, you know, what somebody described it. Am I allowed to say swears? Do it. Please do. <laughs> So I read how somebody else put it and I thought of this idea, but they verbalized it way better than I could. And they said, just find when you're picking a career or a job, whatever, decide on the one, not for the good parts of it, but which is the sandwich that you're willing to eat. And yeah, yeah, I get it. I figured if I have to not have my big house or my boat or whatever that's fine um i i i chose dentistry in 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 some ways for the same reason i have to tell you that that um i looked at medicine for it's funny i looked at medicine for like my my dad and i went and looked at dental schools when i was a senior i think it must have been must have been when i was it might have been when i was a junior actually probably when i was a junior um and i i so for a few weekends, we went, you know, we went, we looked at, um, we looked at Iowa. Uh, I'm very Midwestern. Somehow or another, you know, like I look back, I'm like, I didn't look at Florida. I couldn't have tried Florida or Arizona like for four years. No, we got to have snow. So I did Iowa. I did Minnesota, Nebraska, like the trip, the one trip we took was Iowa. And then we did Nebraska at the same time we like flew in. And I remember while I was, while I was touring in Nebraska, I, was thinking about medicine. So it was like a three-day period that I remember like, you know what, maybe medicine's the thing. And then like on the tour, we met another kiddo who was looking at dental school and his dad was a physician. And I've never seen such a bitter human being in my entire life. And and, and at one point, he's, he, he was talking to my dad about how there's no way he would ever consider letting his son go into medicine for all these reasons. I'm like, wow. So like I, I was immediately turned off by medicine from that. Um, I also, all throughout my junior year, and I was pretty sure I was going to be a veterinarian. When I took the DAT, I wasn't worried about it because I knew I was going to vet school. So I went in and I just like, whatever, I sign up for the stupid test. I got to take it. And that is a great way to take a, a aptitude test like that, by the way, thinking that there's no reason that you have to take it at all because oh, I signed up for the dumb thing. I might as well take it because I there was like no stress involved. I didn't stress out because I didn't think I was going to need it. Well, lo and behold, I did okay because I... I probably wasn't stressed out about it, but for a long time I was going to be a vet. And then I went to North Carolina. My uncle was, um, my uncle worked for Cargill. He managed, he was like the manager of all these gigantic pig farms, you know, the kind that, the kind that are on 2020 for like the horrible environmental. He was, he was a, he, he managed, he was the guy who would go and, you know, oh, there's lots of paperwork and stuff. So I, I worked on, he set me up to work on some of these pig farms. (laughs) And by the time two weeks in, in, um, North Carolina made me decide I was not going to be a veterinarian either. That was a, that was a very easy that that helped shape my career. I don't know if my dad is a dentist, and I know he always wanted me to be a dentist. I don't know if that was the plan or not. I don't know if he set up my uncle to make it so I never wanted to be that. But but I have to say, dentistry is awesome because there's not death really involved with it. Like a really bad day means you have to take people's teeth out. That's like yeah. I did that. I have to say, I I slicked someone last week. Uh, Usually I, no one dies. Yeah, exactly. I've I've had no death in my chair. 
I've had a couple exciting, a couple exciting, but but I have had no death lately. Um, I have had a couple people pass out in the chair. That's pretty freaky. I'm going to say that. But and I, I have to say, I'm like the least. I'm not the guy who wants to do sedation and 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 like heavier medical procedure. I'm just not that guy. Um, but I but I have to say that like last week I I took a guy's teeth out. We delivered dentures, and I don't do that very often. And I have to say, you you said that surgery makes you sad. That kind of mm-hmm. make that kind of makes me sad. That kind of makes me sad. Like like I and and I know that there's guys listening to this right now laughing at me, but I'm like God, you know, it's an end of an era for this person. This person used to have teeth, and this person. He came in with teeth and left with no teeth, man. I changed that person's life, and I don't love that change for them. So apparently, in the implant versus teeth war, I think I'm team teeth. I mean, I love implants. I think they're great, but I, I guess there's in the in my heart and soul, I kind of want to hang on to teeth. I didn't realize that until right this second. But I, I feel like I feel like if possible, but it, for this guy, it was not possible. But like I said, there is. There's not a lot of death in my chair. There's there's not a lot of, and I like that. I, the life and death thing would be, I have to say, I feel like you would probably, your perspective would change so different if you're dealing with death all the time. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I don't know how I'd be able to sleep at night or if I had a, or if I didn't sleep well one night, I'd think, oh no, you know, if I'm not on top of my game, then there are very real consequences. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that if you've ever worked on, do you have any patients that are cops, um, particularly cops, sometimes nurses, but cops in particular? I had one and he skipped out on his bill. <laughs> interior. Oh my gosh. Uh, four buildups. And I had to do, do all this. I reserved all this extra time for him because he was super anxious about dental work, prescribed him Xanax, all that stuff would had to talk him down off the ledge. And when he left my assistant and I just kind of came to a conclusion, like, yeah, that guy's definitely going to shoot somebody who should not have been shot. <laughs> he's, he's that guy. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to think of cops, the ones I've run into and, and not all of them, but but a lot of them have like basically a gallows sense of humor and it's because they've seen some horrible stuff and, and they've seen, and, and more than that, they see horrible stuff like over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, I think if you don't harden a little bit to that, you, it'll eat you alive. Right. And I think the same thing with medicine, particularly hospital stuff where like people are dying on a regular basis you got to harden yourself or you're going to lose it. Right. Like, and I, a lot of nurses, depending on, I have, it seems like a lot of the nurses that I, I see are working with like ICU baby stuff, like little. So, so in that, those people are the opposite of that. Those people, they, I mean, I do know that they see, like you said, babies die, but most of the time they see babies get better. And I, and some of those people are like the greatest people of all time, but I do know, man, nurses have that same gallows sense of humor sometimes because They've seen some horrible stuff, and they and they continue to see horrible stuff. I'm glad I I'm not like that. Um, I don't know how I would I don't know how I deal with that. I probably wouldn't deal with it well. I think some people can just can just uh, they can harden their emotions enough to make it so they can be effective in that job because th- those people need them to be effective, right? I mean, like they they don't they don't need me being in there all emotional and shit. They 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 need people who can actually do what needs to be done and not get hung up on the fact that yes, this is a horrible situation, you know. I don't know. So I'm glad I'm not there. I'm glad I'm glad I'm I have a hard enough time telling people that they're they need a root canal for crying out loud. Oh my god, same. Same. 
I tell people that they need anything more than one or two fillings and a profi, I think. I, you know, I, and I think that, I mean, that makes me hypersensitive, but then I step back sometimes and go, look, you are the doctor. You are not the one who is like, you have to, you have to tell them what you see and you have to tell them their diagnosis. And if you don't, you, you know, you're giving them, you're not giving them something you owe them. I, I literally have to, a lot of times my wording has gotten to the point where I have to get very specific about it. I have to say, okay, I don't like giving bad news to anyone. I'm no good at that, but I am the doctor and I have to tell you what I see. And you can choose to do all of what I recommend, none of what I recommend, or some of what I recommend. But I do have to tell you what I'm seeing. So understand that I don't relish, I don't, I don't love this stuff. And that is also why I use, I know that people puke when I talk about it, but I use the microscopes in hygiene because I can show them what I'm seeing. So I don't have to be the bad guy and they don't have to just trust me that I'm seeing this stuff. I can show them what I'm seeing and why I'm seeing it. And then I feel like that kind of informed consent means that I can walk away and they can just make the choice. But it is t- I'm a softie. If, if I fall back on my natural um, my natural tendencies, I wuss out. I don't, I, don't, I don't treatment plan heavily. I don't explain to them why this treatment plan is the right treatment plan. I'm still the wishy-washy guy. And I know a lot of people, it drives them crazy. You know, like what? How bad is it? The person needs a crown. Let's take care of this person. If they want to hang on to the tooth, the tooth needs a root canal. Simple as that. I still am always. I I struggle with that a lot. I'm I'm still a softy. Yes. I think it. I think you'll. I think you'll find that. Um, the sooner you get comfortable with with that, the better things will go for you. The the other thing is is that I I sense from you that you're still because you're new you're still kind of testing the waters on on the person looking to you as the dentist. Um, you don't you don't look as young as some of your you you don't I'm not saying you look old, but you look competent. I don't I don't feel like you would have a problem walking into an operatory and being in charge. Um, I think being female sometimes there's a little struggle with that. Um, but I remember I had a beard when I first got out of dental school. I mean, I still do, but I I purposefully grew a beard because I was worried about having that baby face. Do you run into that, whether people people accuse you of being too young or being the assistant because you're a woman and that sort of thing? Daily. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Um, just kind of got used to it, I guess. I mean, even in dental school, I remember a patient said something about, you know, are you even, are you even strong enough to take teeth out? And I'd taken out more teeth than anyone else. Um, in your class. Yeah. At that point. And I just, I just kind of said, ha ha. Yeah. And he had kind of grabbed my arm to feel my bicep and it was kind of like, don't touch me. Yeah. And one of my friends actually got more offended about it than I did because I'd gotten used to it and he just, he went off a little bit. I don't know though. I can see I could see you and and maybe maybe because I put you on the spot with an interview. You you have to you just have to channel an inner badass because the story is obviously taking teeth out doesn't really have anything to do with strength. Oral surgeons might like to act all cowboy and stuff, but let's be honest, it's about finesse and physics, right? I mean, and I so. and I think I feel like I feel like um 
I, I am definitely not the guy who the whole fake it till you make it thing doesn't work for me to some extent. But I will tell you, as a phys- as a dentist, as someone who and a, and a business owner, I always forget the fact that you walk in and there you are an authority figure to most of these people. I always forget that. Like I tend to, and there's probably some good things about forgetting that. There's probably you know being vulnerable in some ways to a patient, you know, making them realize that you're a human being is a really good thing. But I also feel like there is a certain good part about just channeling your inner badass, like walking in, like you, you own this thing and it's, and it's like, and it's no big deal. You know, you're thinking about lunch cause this is going to be that easy. You know, I feel like, I feel like young dentists need to own that. I think if that will make things better for them, because I, I don't, I mean, I, there are still patients that get under my skin on a regular basis. I, I try not to let that. That's so funny. Like I talk into a microphone all the time. And I sound like I know what I'm doing. But there are times when I think to myself, literally while I'm working on patients, I'm like, oh, my God, the people that listen to me on the podcast would be embarrassed for me <laughs> because I'm just being such a giant wuss about this stuff. But I do think that so the fake it to make it thing is like you do know this stuff. Even when you're feeling intimidated, you've got this. This is the kind of thing. And have I sent have I sent half extracted tooth to my oral surgeon? Yes, I do. I have about one of those a year usually. And I and I go home with. I go home with my tail tucked between my legs and full of shame. But you know what? More importantly is that I explained to the patient that, you know what? I, this one was just a little tougher than I was expecting. I think that you probably need to see the guy who does this all day long. They're going to get you taken care of. I'm sorry that it worked out this way. Are the patients mad about it? Sometimes. A lot of times they're not. A lot of times they're like, yeah, you really tried hard, doc. You know, I love it when they're patting me on the back because I couldn't get the tooth out. Like, well, thanks for trying. I'm like, damn it. That's not how it's supposed to be. But the reality is, is you got to kind of keep your chin up and keep coming in there. I don't know. I, For a young dentist, it's hard to say that because everything is new. I worked with my dad. I could not, I literally, it was almost like I had the same red light you'd push in dental school when you got in trouble. I had him. He could, he would come in and bail me out pretty much no matter what I did. Um, on occasion, he had words for me like, wow, I can't believe you did it this way. But he was, he didn't beat me up too much about that. How do you feel like, do you feel like you have adequate mentorship and someone to fall back on like that? And, and how has, how has social media helped you with that? And, and how has working with another doctor helped you with that? Social media has been my primary mentorship, I would say. Um, at my first job, I was told, and I mean, I was totally upfront in the interview. I said, these are the things that I'm not super comfortable with, um, et cetera. Corporate dentistry has a bad name in a lot of circles. Like, I was just maybe too honest about everything, but they did not necessarily take the same route with how they described job expectations. Sure, sure, sure. So I was told that I would have a mentor and that he was great, you know, all this stuff, talk to him on the phone. He seemed awesome. And then I walk in on that first day and I said, oh, where, you know, where is he? And they said, oh, he, he works in Michigan and I'm in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, so Where's I'm I'm looking around for the adult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
And I'm the youngest person in the office by over 20 years. But whenever anything would go wrong, if there were any decisions to be made, angry patients, everyone would suddenly stop and turn to me and look at me all expectantly. Like you, know. like you had the answers. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's fine. as a young practice owner, that's actually what, what it does come down to. You, you are, you're in charge. And I, I bought a practice pretty early, um, earlier than, than frankly, earlier than I was ready for. Um, it was, it was trial by fire a little bit, but, um, I did, you know what? I had dad, I had dad, the mentorship was there and literally he was a couple towns over when I was practicing in Saginaw. But the reality is, is I literally, if I got in so much trouble, he could hop in the car, he'd be there. And the other thing is because I was his child, he wanted me to do well. (laughs) You know, he, it was, it was more than just, oh, the, the company says I have to do this. So I had that. So, so could you, did you have any access to said mentor in Michigan? Did you call on the phone or was that, was that it? You know, what, what, what happened? Well, I, I could call on the phone or text him, but our, lunch breaks didn't really line up (laughs) oh geez it was it was miserable so i'd say oh you know like i'm available until this time and then he would call me after that time but i'd already be with a patient sure it's just i was basically on my own it felt like and then some corporate people would come in periodically and they would um tell me to do stuff that i wasn't comfortable doing and I would say that, and I would say why, you know, I would believe it or not in real life <laughs> versus Facebook, where I might sound uh, a lot angrier. Um, in real life, I'm not much of a yeller and <sighs> quietly disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I had to explain, you know, this is the rationale. I see where you're coming from. I understand that I don't know everything, but this is how I see it. And if I don't fully believe, and doing this, I don't think that I'm going to be able to convince a patient that it's the right thing. Oh my I'm, gosh, totally. Yeah, I'm not good at lying, I guess. And <laughs> they wanted. That's, okay, that's a good thing, by the way. Not not being good at lying, it's a good thing. Let me just put that out there. For other people, maybe. No, I get it. I totally. I no, I understand what you're saying, though. Totally. Um, but it was. It was rough when somebody comes in and they had been all stressing my hygienist out and who was quite literally the sweetest person I've ever met in my life. Um, and they were telling her, you know, you're not placing enough arrest in, you need minimum eight sites for an SRP patient at the time of SRP and it was like 40 bucks a pop per site. Of course site. it was. Yeah, of course yeah, it was. In a super Medicaid heavy area. Like nobody can afford that. If a cleaning is going to be $500, what who in their right mind is going to stay with that office? Who isn't going to get a second opinion? And I just and I kind of tried to say that as well is if I saw that a cleaning cost that much, I would say, no way, this is a scam, buy, and, you know, not have anything nice to say about that company. And my hygienist was really stressed out about it because she's even more non-confrontational than I am. Mm-hmm. And so I said that I didn't want them talking to her without including me in the conversation from now on because mm-hmm. they're as well and i want to know what's going on 
And so this national hygiene director, as I was, you know, doing lab work, I was still seeing patients while they were just sort of all up in our business. She comes over and she's, she's a hygienist and she was just kind of talking down to me. Like I had no idea how perio works and it was obnoxious. And I guess it was written all over my face that I was done with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet. I'll bet. Um, and I forget what I said. Some, oh, it was something about, I, I cited some studies and how the arrestin works and why I didn't agree. Wait, arrestin works? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how it's supposed to work. Method of action, I guess I should say. Um, and I don't, I don't remember. I said something, but it would probably not have been a good thing to say <laughs> if I really valued that job yeah. long term and didn't want to burn any bridges. But for people who are going to treat other people the way they were treating me and wanted me to treat my patients, I didn't care so much about burning those bridges. No, that's awesome. But I didn't want to come off as, you know, the overly emotional, hysterical female doctor either. So, so yeah. you really have, okay. So that like, there's this thing that people talk about, but no one really, really wants to talk about it. So you really were in a position where they wanted you to do things that were, that made dollars. You know, they wanted you to push things that made dollars that you didn't believe in. And there was, it was pretty obvious. That's where it was going. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And you essentially left or were, were asked to leave because you disagreed with that. Well, they wouldn't say it officially. No, of course not. Ask if I was being fired or what? Um, they said, Oh yeah, you're being fired. And I said, okay, can I just, I just know why, so that when I go to apply to other jobs, if they want to contact you, we're on the same page. And they just said, well, it, it wasn't a good fit. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> HR speak. That's HR speak. My guess is they wanted someone who was a little bit more pliant than you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you're, if you're, if you were, if you were looking out for the patients and they, they, you felt like you were looking out for them, they were pushing something else. You're the hero. Don't worry. You never, never look back. You're the future. Don't worry. That's you're clearly this, the spot you're in now is a better spot. sounds like. Yeah. I never had to deal with that. I never, I never had to, like, I hear that. That is like the story you hear about, oh, you know, in, in, in this place, literally I'm being told what to do by an office manager. I'm, you know, I'm just basically the, I'm basically the tool of the office manager and no dentist ever got into dentistry to be like that. Like, I understand if people are listening to this that are in that spot, you know, A, I'd like to hear from you. Alan at Alan, uh, Alan at MeadFamilyDental.com. I would like to hear from you about that because, like, not that I'm going to put you on the show and make you say horrible things. But, I mean, for someone like me, I've never had to deal with that. And that always, to me, it always sounded like, it almost sounded like an urban legend. But what you're telling me, Alex, is that it's not necessarily an urban legend, that this is going on and they... And, and it's real and not, again, not every, not every practice does this. And this isn't limited to just corporate, but so you actually basically left or were asked to leave because of that stuff. Is that right? That's, that's the vibe that I got, which is weird because I said that in the interview that I wouldn't do those things. (laughs) 
Interesting. Man, that is interesting. I mean, it sucks that you were put in that situation too, but maybe better. I don't know. So, so basically what people my age need to know from what I'm hearing from you, because we're going to wrap this up here is that, that the debt that you guys are in is, is a driver of a lot of the choices you're making. I mean, in other, and, and I don't know how it couldn't be, but I mean, that's what you're saying is you're trying to, you're trying to live your life with, and you've sort of got this thing around your neck. Is that kind of how it feels to, to a, a relatively new dentist like yourself? I would say yes, but I think um, my age group or however you would describe it in general um, has kind of gotten used to the idea a yeah. long yeah. ago, you know, even before starting college that you're going to have a lot of debt for a long time. So it it's so funny because your parents, not your parents specifically, but the your parents generation like cannot put their brain around that in any kind of like I think they can understand that yeah it's the way school is now I was just talking to my best friend about this yesterday my generation basically I graduated from high school in 1989 and all of us went to college like even the kids that were quote unquote not college everyone was going to go to college like trade school pretty much didn't happen like there might have been a few kids that that went directly to work you found a job without but pretty much like even the lower achievers, they went to college because that's what that's what my generation that was the expectation on my generation. The generation before me, the boomers, it was it was special if they got to go to college, and so they realized the college is a great thing. Let's go to college, and then your generation now is is you're reaping the 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 fact is why wouldn't education become so much more expensive because it's it's a given it's a given but instead of it being paid for out of the taxpayer's pocket you got to pay for it so why wouldn't they charge a whole bunch of money and start doing this stuff so i wonder i always wonder like what are your kids going to deal with school-wise like like what are what are the kids of 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 someone who's relatively new like i don't know that college is going to have to make a case for why at this point because it's just going to cost too much you know right i mean i don't I don't even know if I'll ever have kids because I'll never be able to afford them. <laughs> seriously, seriously, no, I get it. I don't mean to laugh, but it's like there, there's there comes a point because in in this, it, I do agree that that I think the young dentists, with people like me talking about, oh my god, I can't believe this debt. You guys are just like kind of have come to grips with it because it is what it is. It's not going anywhere. Got our own gallows humor about it. Yeah, no, exactly right. It's like you're like the cops and the nurses. You know, like you kind of have to. I get it. And, and in a way, it's a shame. But so before we wrap, though, tell me how social media has affected it. How, how has social media helped and hurt? Um, it's helped because, like we were talking about earlier, you don't know what you don't know. And I'm always, I'm always seeing something that I would not have even considered. Or, oh, just, just realize that I'm not necessarily doing that 100% correctly. Sure, or, sure. Uh, that doesn't rare. go away, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then even just knowing that there are other dentists that are more experienced and accessible. And the dental community has been really supportive. I know dentists to the general public, I think we're supposed to come off as these crusty misers. But my experience has been the opposite. People seem to genuinely want to help you if you're a struggling I agree. Young, and it's awesome. So. I agree. Like like the Dental Hacks Nation 
is is like a dumpster fire, but yet I, I can't look away. Like I'm drawn to like there's a bunch of junk in there that's not worth anything. On the other hand, there's a ton of great stuff there too. You kind of have to sift through it. Um, it didn't start out that way, but I I think by the time once something reaches like um a critical mass it's you're you're gonna have to sort through that stuff it's always that way so i i mean i love the dental hacks nation but i can't even you have to sift through it a little bit i think you're kind of a master at that i I feel like you've gotten stuff from facebook groups where a lot of people would give up because you because you kind of you kind of know how to sort i've had i've got access to thousands of mentors to help Mm -hmm. me figure it out which has been helpful in that a lot because I don't, I don't know if somebody who's been doing this longer than me says something is true. Why wouldn't I believe that it's true until somebody else says, no, you don't have to, you know, they don't know what they're talking about, et cetera, which is a great thing. And also kind of a difficult thing yeah. is that when you find yourself in that situation, you realize that there is no really obvious right answer not even to people that have been doing this longer and that I can just expect to always be somewhat apprehensive about making the call on certain sure. situations. Sure. And it always gets better with reps. <laughs> it always does. But I, I think, I think you use it well. I think we all kind of have to, we have to sort a little bit, but Alex, thanks a lot for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I, your perspective is, is, uh, I like having perspective of someone like you because it's been a long time since I've been in a situation like you and it's 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 good for for older crustier dentists like myself to kind of kind of hear where you guys are coming from. So I wish you the best. Of course I will see you on the Dental Hacks Nation and thank you for spending a little bit of time with me. Thanks for having me. It was really it was an honor. You bet. It was good to talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Be sure to check out the Alan Mead Experience Facebook group. Just look up uh, Alan Mead Experience on Facebook. Uh, request an invite, and we have a password. The password is Premier. So uh, give us the password. We'll get you in. There's a lot of good stuff going on in there. And thank you again for listening to the show. We'll talk to you guys soon.